this would be Sci-Fi Saturday Night, and I would be Mercedes Lackey. Welcome aboard! Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye by Saturday night. Good evening, everybody, or good morning if you're in Tierra del Fuego waiting for the penguins to swim. Welcome to a new recording in the Area 51 recording studios here in the, uh, got in the very somber pavilion here of the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Recording Studios. Yeah, it's been fun here uh, in the Alfred Pavilion. Yeah, we'll talk about that another night. Anyway, uh it's another recording here in the uh, Area 51 Recording Studios. We are the only podcast to guarantee to retain carbon neutrality for the rest of this fiscal year. have no idea what that means, <clears throat> but we're doing it. Uh, and next year, we're becoming all electric, so there's a whole lot of batteries uh, hanging around uh, and some geeks hooking them all up. I have no idea what he's doing. Uh but we fried a couple of gerbils the other day by accident, hooked them up to the cage. Guy's name is Faraday. He made some Faraday cages. It's a joke there somewhere. I have no idea what that is. This is episode 530, and in episode 530, we're going to talk about some HBO stuff, and we're going to talk about uh, Plastic City, which is rapidly approaching with with our good buddy Keith Gleason, who is also rapidly approaching uh, <laughs> because he can. <laughs> He'll be joining us in just a few seconds. I am your vaccinated host, The Dome. Joining us also is my vaccinated co-host, Captain Cam. How are you, buddy? I am good. <laughs> That's it? Well, what do you, you, you ask a simple question, I give you a simple answer. You know, you didn't, you didn't give me, you know, any, you know, amazing intel laid in, you know, like you didn't no, ask didn't. me, you know, what you didn't ask me, you know, why is there bubbling liquid behind me currently, you know? So I no, I didn't. Assuming you're not interested. I have no interest in why there's bubbling liquid behind you. Are you sure? You Absolutely. Sure you don't None. Really sure? None. Really? I know there's a Faraday cage behind you, but I put it there. Right. <laughs> but you sure now, you don't want to know about the bubbling liquid? No. At least on no. the green one? Absolutely no interest whatsoever. Now I hit it's not it's not Soylent Green. Okay, good. Uh, but I still have no interest in it. Now, normally at this point, <laughs> I would say to you something like, "So, what have you been watching?" But I'm not going to do that. So you're supposed to say to me, "How come you're not going to do that?" Well, no, you're not going to ask me about my bubbling liquid. So, the, okay, fine. Dome, what yes. have you been watching today? There we go. You, God, you picked right up on that. Son of a gun. <laughs> you know, you would think that we rehearse this every once in a while. Well, we don't. 
What's so the rehearsal? Oh, that's that thing I never show up. That's the for. thing you don't show up for. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, one of these days, you're going to absolutely do that if you actually do that, which you don't do. Um, here's what I've been watching. Uh, HBO. <laughs> uh, normally, you know, when you pay for stuff, you, you want it to be good. And HBO, for the past couple of years, just hasn't bothered to be very good at all. You know what? Before we do this, I'm going to bring Keith in. Uh, Keith Gleason, who is the guy who's who's a good friend of the show, a uh, uh, loyal member of the Five Timers Club, has been there for a while, actually, and is the guy who runs Plastic City Comic Con, uh, has his own comic line. Uh, what's the name of the comics? Uh, Mighty Mascots. Mighty Mascots, which if you eat breakfast cereal, you just love because they're fun. Uh, hey, man, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm glad I, I could come in on this uh, TV discussion. <laughs> yeah, me too, because we were kind of talking about this. <laughs> and then I realized, why am I not bringing you in for this? Because you were part of this freaking discussion. We should be part of this. I, I was talking about uh, how lately HBO has been putting some really, really good sci-fi together. And it's it's been killer stuff because there's been kind of a renaissance uh, of sci-fi on tv but of course it hasn't been on the free stuff it's stuff that you've got to pay for uh <laughs> it's yep. been either on paramount plus or on hbo or any other lock channel um uh you know and it's been it's it's a shame that it's got to be that way but it's kind of the way of the world right now so uh, on hbo uh they're running right now The Man Who Fell to Earth, which is kind of not really The Man Who Fell to Earth, which was originally the book by Walter Tevis and the movie with David Bowie. And this is kind of a continuation of the movie. Okay. And it's a 10-episode series, uh, which may or may not have a season two to it. We don't know. Same actors and everything? Or oh, no, it, no, no, not no, even okay. close. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's good. It's interesting. It's very different. But it starts where the movie ended. Oh, wow. So it, it's, you, you sit there and you watch the first episode and you go, this is not the book. This is not the movie. Where the hell am I? Uh, and it takes you a while to become acclimated to it. And then there's Westworld, which had, uh, I think, four seasons. And then they took like three years off. <laughs> and then they're back with season five at the end of this month or the beginning of next month. And it's been a long wait for that. But, I mean, it was really good. Yeah, I and... think that's like the normal, like, we got the that two year wait because of uh, COVID, you know, <laughs> putting shows on hiatus. And wow, like that. that took forever. Yeah, big time. But uh, wow, uh, that's one of those that I've I'm really looking forward to because it was. Uh, I mean, Westworld was first of all two movies, then it was three years, four years worth of series, and now. We'll see what HBO does with that. And then uh, WB uh, was, no, it wasn't WB. It was uh, 
God, WB Network hasn't existed for years. <laughs> <laughs> you talking uh, CW? CW? No, it was. Uh, what was Harley Quinn on before uh, HBO took oh, it over? It was on. Um, so um, DC had their own streaming app. That's it. It was a DC. Minute. Yeah, it, 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 it was a while. Actually, it was almost two years. Yeah, and then they they got folded when HBO Max became a thing. They got folded into all of that stuff, and then and it was HBO like then it was took over. It was it was Harley Quinn. It was Doom Patrol. Yeah, which I gotta say, like I like Doom Patrol a lot. I I uh, I, I prefer it. Like I feel like the Umbrella Academy is kind of like a knockoff of the Doom Patrol in, in both terms of the comic and the show. Um, I kind of prefer the Doom Patrol. Over I'm not sure which I like better, but but I, I think the acting in Doom Patrol was a lot better because it was uh, compressed episodes. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't drag it out as much. And if you uh, ever read the comic, um, uh, yeah, Dalton as as um, the professor was so perfectly cast. You know, I I I, <laughs> I I love that actor. So like when I see him in something, it's you know it was good. It was good, and I I, I love that they embrace the craziness too of the Doom Patrol. Oh yeah, I mean the, there there's there is an element of the comic that's just so absurdist that they could have that that most when they make the the leap to television or or film uh like with watchmen they just ignored yes <laughs> and it was it, but it was nice to see that they actually was like you know let's go for this because you know like the comics, and they really so, did. oh my the god one, so did the episode <laughs> season two where the town that was alive yes oh my god <laughs> Oh my god, that was that was just classic. And yeah. I remember the comic. Yeah. And it was they took it right from the comic. And they, they didn't did, yeah. really deviate it from it one bit. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching it open, they're, I'm going, "How in the hell are they going to do this?" And they got away with it. And yeah. it was wonderful. Uh, yeah, so, and like they change little things, but it, but the spirit is there, and that's I you know, that all that's always what matters, you know, when they make these shows. Yeah, it's it's there's a there's a there's a purity of of intent there that's wonderful. Yes. and HBO has been doing a a fairly good job of keeping that together with all of these, and where that's happening best right now is a series that just finished up with. The, them that you can you can catch the full series on right now on hbo max and it's called interestingly enough the time traveler's wife okay um and this series is based on a book called the time traveler's wife kind of based on a movie which is kind of based on the book called the time traveler's wife okay but it stars uh rose leslie who was in uh Game of Thrones, and Theo James, who is in, what was he in, Cam? Oh, sorry, I'll bring that right back up again. So he was in 
just saying divert the divergent series of movies oh the the like the ya yeah right right yeah that okay. that thing yeah <laughs> and 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 you would think what what is he doing in this movie uh, what is he doing in this series and and you sit there and it takes you Oh, gosh. Maybe the first episode to figure out how time travel works within the context of this universe. Okay. And how it works between uh, Rose Leslie's character of Claire and Theo James' character of Henry. Because Henry is the time traveler. And Henry starts traveling and meeting Rose Leslie as a young child and marries her uh, when they're both in college, kind of. Okay. And they grow all together. And we see them at different points in their lives throughout all six episodes. Now, what makes this stand out, what makes this series stand out are four things. First thing is <clears throat> it was adapted by Stephen Moffat. Okay. Who most people will know as the guy who was the showrunner for Doctor Who for years. So we're talking some quality stuff here. Okay, and the first good. episode you showed me, Dome, it feels very much like some of Moffat's work, some of his better work on Doctor Who in how he handles time travel and perspectives from one person's point of view to another. So, yeah, there's definitely you can. In fact, before you told me that it was Moffat when you just said, watch this, which I get that often. But yeah, it <laughs> um, it is that it, it, the, my first thought as I'm watching this is go, this reminds me a little bit of, you know, the Moffat run on, on Doctor Who. And, you know, so no big surprise, that's who's done, who's done the work for it. And it, it's that same, it's that same very interesting feel for the perspective that, you know, one person sees time from their own point of view and they're meeting each other literally out of order. There, you know, it, it, it's that not, I don't think it's a huge spoiler, but the very first time he meets her, she's already met him quite a few times. So it's it, it's it's a it's a rather interesting first interaction for the two of them. The other thing that's really amazing is that there are two other main characters, Sharice uh, and Gomez, played by Natasha Lopez and Desmond Borges who you don't even see until halfway through the third episode. So for the first two and a half episodes, it's essentially a dialogue between these two people. Interesting. And it's only six episodes, you said, huh? That's it. And so I wonder if, um, I wonder if it, does it feel like um, when you've watched the last episode, does it feel like closure? Like, is it like just six episodes? Or do you think there's going to be more? That's the question. 
Oh, really? Okay. So that, that's a real question because as far as I was concerned, when that episode finished, the story was over. And I felt a good sense of closure with it. Okay. And then I started reading uh, some reviews online going, well, next season, I'm going, what? Oh, really? No, no, let's not do that. But then I started reading some stuff from HBO going that they were considering a second season. And really? that okay. really surprised me. I wonder if it's it did well enough that they're like, you know, let's make more, you know, could be something like that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. The other, but there, there are two other aspects that really make this different from everything else that's being out that's that's out there right now. The production values of this are very different from any other science fiction that's out there right now. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, the music. Kim, did you notice that? I did actually. It, it's rather interesting. I. It, I I like some of the choices. Like I said, I didn't I didn't get any I didn't get any further than that first episode. But what I saw in that first episode, it was very interesting. And I kind of what I what I really the music's good, but I, I love just the way they tell the story. It's it's a combination of narration and um, actual interactions between two people. But um, what were where were you going to go with the music? Well, where I was going with the music is that it's not the typical kind of music. There's a lot of uh, classical and neoclassical music going on that remains constant, but part it's part of the storytelling, so that there's a constant mood being set, and the the music carries you throughout this story, and it guides you through portions of the story that you otherwise might question, might not quite understand. Um, and it's really hard to explain. It's a really ingenious way to move the story along. Hmm. And the other thing that Moffat does that he very often did with Doctor Who that people didn't notice a lot is that he used the camera as a visual influence to, um, and this is almost almost impossible to describe, he would force you to watch things that you wouldn't normally see. Hmm. Um, it, it's almost like a forced perspective where you would be watching a scene and he would move the camera in such a way that you would be watching the scene, but you would be looking somewhere that you wouldn't normally look. And the camera would move it a certain way. And it, it it's not a jarring way. It's not an intense way. It's actually a very smooth way to move the camera in, in such a way, almost in tandem with the music, so that you feel as if you're moving your body in such a way as the camera. Uh, And it's it's very ingenious. And it's almost, I didn't really begin, I noticed that it was doing something, but I didn't notice what it was until 
maybe the second episode and I'm going, wow, that's great storytelling. And um, the more I watched this, uh, one of the things, and I'm not giving any spoilers away by saying this, is that every opening of every episode, while contextually the same, is contextually different. They look the same, but each one is very different. Hmm. So that each opening, while they look the same, is actually telling a very different story to lead you into the episode in a very different way. Huh, interesting. <laughs> so now I feel like I had to watch this now. It sounds. Oh, sounds I think great. you should. I absolutely think you should. Um, I am willing. Like I, I'd say. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head with HBO. Like, um, I think, <laughs> honestly, out there, if you, you could throw away all the other streaming services, I think if you keep HBO, you get a lot of stuff on there um, that is quality. Like, I think most, uh, and they release a lot of stuff. Like, it's almost like the only streaming service you need, I think, you know? <laughs> Would well, you agree is, with that? I, I don't know. I, I just think there's, way too much content right now there is there's, there's like <laughs> I, you can't keep up that's you know I, you know there's like tons of shows i want to watch but it's like trying to find the time in the day you know uh, that's the nice thing about being retired let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i can't wait to get to that point and just catch up on all these years of television you know um but uh i was gonna say like i i do find myself constantly logging on to hbo and seeing what they what they added or you know what new things that they have you know um because i think like we were talking they have the dc library they have they have all the cw stuff they have right um, all the right, cartoon right, right. network stuff and all, basically everything warner brothers owns you know so it's i don't know it's pretty massive oh, and and then I found on, on I think it was Paramount, uh, the show Halo. Oh, yeah. How is that? Um, disappointing and interesting at the same time. <laughs> I've heard different things. Like, I heard if you're a fan, like, I played the game. I played oh, the game then you'll hate it. If you play the <laughs> game and you think that's what you're going <laughs> to, if you play the game and you think that's what you're going to see, you'll hate it. That's what um, I heard. If I you heard go it. in there with no preconceptions other than I wonder what this is going to be, you might not be so upset. Um, okay. I'm not a gamer, so I'll, I'll start from there. But uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't bad. O only because it has a, a decent story, some of which I'm told is from the game, uh, some of which is stolen. And some of which is heresy to the game. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard they uh, they basically I'm told that when look at the game when they made it. I'm told that when Master Chief takes off his helmet, it's heresy and you should just go away. Uh, well, you know, that's comparable to uh, like, you know, Judge Dredd, like, you know, the whole thing with Judge Dredd taking his helmet off. It's like that kind of thing. Oh, my God. Can, can I? <laughs> I, I have some of the funniest stories in my life are being one of six people in a theater watching Judge Dredd. 
Which Honest one, the God. new one? The or Stallone version. The Stallone one, okay. <laughs> it was just the worst. <laughs> Stallone and Rob Schneider. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I remember that. <laughs> one of the two worst science fiction films I ever saw in a theater. Mm-hmm. Didn't, and you, did you, you've seen the Kyle Urban one, right? Oh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, really? You don't like that one, huh? No. You know, I, I, I think I, I think the Stallone one just ruined the whole thing for me. Well, I could I could definitely see that. Uh, I am the wall! Really? Uh, Shoot me now. <laughs> just kill me. It was terrible. It was horrifying. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, it's not, you know. It's not the the best. You know, Cam, that was one of the times that Dr. K and I sat in an almost empty theater with two tubs of buttered sludge popcorn and laughed our asses off and annoyed the other four people in the audience. It was so bad. You you say that you say that, Dom, but I thought Estelle Getty was amazing in that film. <laughs> oh wait a minute! I'm sorry. That was stop, or my Bob will shoot. Okay, that's right. That was a different. That was very close. That was close. The only film that was worse than a science fiction film that was worse than that was Enemy Mine. Oh man, I remember that one. <laughs> do, you, do you know what happened with that one? It was half the book. Oh really? So they so, never, uh, like they never finished the, the so story. So we're sitting we're sitting there, and remember when at the we're sitting there, and the whole movie, the two of them are fighting each other and fighting each other and fighting each other, and, and then then the alien lays an egg. Okay. And I turned to Doctor K and I went, "Here's where the movie gets good, because the human dies." And now the alien's going to bring the egg back and claim that hits the mother and watch what happens. And the goddamn credits rolled. And he burst out laughing. And I went, that's the best part of the book. And then uh, all the credits. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. That's not good when they do that so, kind of stuff. And then we, we, he and I left and went out for a beer. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, uh, oh I, I don't even remember much about that movie because uh, I saw it only once. But uh, well, thank man, God, I had no it was idea. Worth that. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that, that that was only half a book. Holy shit! Holy shit! It was <laughs> terrible. Was that Randy Quaid or who the uh, hell was Dennis, in that movie? Yeah, it was. Uh, was Dennis it Quaid. It was Dennis Quaid. Oh, Dennis Quaid. What? Dennis Quaid and um, should have been Randy Lewis Quaid. Gossett. Well, Lewis, Lewis Gossett, Gossett Jr. Jr. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Would have been funny if it was Randy Quaid. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it would have made the movie interesting, definitely. <laughs> Much more interesting, <laughs> right? Dennis Quaid and Randy Quaid. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, it, I'm trying to think of other great things on HBO. Like I know, um, I was going to say, I know one of the things, um, what am I watching on there? Oh, you know, they, they also have great documentaries. Like I just watched um, the first part of the George Carlin one. Oh, oh my God. The one that's like 
three episodes long or two episodes long? Yeah, it goes through his entire life. Did you guys? Oh watch my that god! Movie? Yes, Fantastic. yes, it's wonderful. You yeah, sit there like... and you're just stunned by. Now I'm old enough to remember every incarnation that he went through. You're not. <laughs> yeah, no, I had no idea he had so many, um, so many different. Um, yeah, like like renaissances, you know, like. And also, I had no idea he was the first host of Saturday Night Live. That's really cool, you know. See, I remember Al Sleet, the hippie to be weatherman. I actually <laughs> <Nice>. saw Al <laughs> Sleet. Wow. I mean, like, uh, I don't know. It was it was just cool to like, I don't know. It was cool to uh, just learn about him, like, because like he's one of those comedians I really like, but I. Um, very know very little about so that was cool to you know get to know him like intimately and i have to watch the second part i just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet but it's really good well each one is like what two and a half hours long oh yeah definitely um so yeah it takes it you you've got to commit to the time because uh there's a lot there's a lot about that guy that most people don't know yeah, no, and it's a very interesting life story. Um, another documentary I recommend to you guys if you have not seen, it's on HBO Max. Um, it's called um, Class Action Park. Have you seen that one? Sounds familiar. So it's <laughs> it's basically about this, like you you have to watch it to believe it, but it's basically um about a uh an amusement park that was it used to be in um new jersey i think it's still there but it's under different management but oh is that but, the water park that everybody yes. used to get hurt at yes. yeah <laughs> people died at and like <laughs> it's freaking nuts you got you should you should if you haven't seen that the stories are like unbelievable like it, you won't even believe that place existed it could only exist in the 80s you know <laughs> but man, it can oh, basically man. only exist in new jersey let's be serious yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> it's like that movie wolf of wall street but with like uh, an amusement park you know it's like the water kind of, park <laughs> yeah it's like crazy but it's it's totally entertaining and it's heartbreaking in parts but it's uh, i highly recommend it it's great yeah you know we could we should we should sit and talk about documentaries one night just sit and talk about oh, that. Oh, God, you could talk about this for hours and hours. There's, there's, so there's great a great ones. documentary I, I've been watching on uh, on uh, Amazon Prime called The Automat. Okay. What's that one about? The I remember what, the, the Automat was, was a, a restaurant, a series okay. of restaurants, which was essentially a wall of, of like boxes. And you'd put in two nickels. Open up a door, get a piece of pie. Put in two nickels, open up a door, get a sandwich. And they were put up, made by Horn and Hardart, and they were all, all over New York City and Philadelphia in the in the uh, 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And I remember when I was a kid in New York City, uh, my grandfather took me to Radio City Music Hall to see the Rockettes Christmas Eve uh, Christmas show. And then we'd go across the street diagonally to Horn and Hard Arts and have a meal. 
and have a meal at the automat. <laughs> and it was oh, one of the coolest cool. things in the world. And it was that. just the story of how this restaurant happened and how this chain occurred and what happened to it. Just one of the weirdest things in the world. And what was the, name, know, of the can... what was the name of it again? Automat. A-U-T-O-M-A-T. Automat. Hey, huh. Dome. Hey, what? Did we bring Keith on for a reason besides to discuss all of this no, stuff we've been no, watching? No, no, I'm just going to talk about this shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. just checking. Just checking. I wanted to make sure there wasn't, wasn't to make sure there wasn't maybe another uh, reason why. Not like, what, what, like the Plastic City Comic Con? Or, or like his, or his, 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 uh, his uh, podcast that he's he got. He doesn't have a podcast, does he? <laughs> I will Keith, say, do you have a podcast? Uh, do, you, I, uh, do you have a podcast? Well, it's not a podcast in the traditional sense. It's more of like a, a YouTube show. It's a breakfast cast. You sit and you eat, breakfast drink cast, coffee. Yeah. Or like a the new kids call them live streams, you know? Oh, I hate what these kids are doing. They're ruining podcasts <laughs> for us. Podcasts. You know, they can't yeah, sit like here and do this. It. I mean, we can sit here and, and do whatever we want, and nobody can look at us. That's <laughs> that's the important thing. When you're ice screaming, screw that shit. Uh, I mean, I put my, I, I definitely uh, have a camera on when I do mine. So yeah. Hey, you kids, get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. So it's more like um. I mean, I guess if I had more time, I could take it and, you know, turn it into an audio thing and make it a podcast. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? That's more work. I know. Well, that's the thing. It's way more work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, was going to say, I. Uh, it's more like a live stream. Um, I started it um, back probably, actually, it was about a month into the pandemic. Um, I had been thinking about doing um, a show on YouTube for a long time. You were lonely. It was a month into the pandemic, and you were lonely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. And um, I was gonna say, uh, uh, so I, you know, do you guys know Johnny C? Um, yeah, of course we do. Oh heck okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Johnny C, I had talked to him, and I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing a show on YouTube. Um, you know, would you want to be like a co-host? And he was like, yeah, sure. But he didn't want to do any work. <laughs> he basically just wanted to show up. And, That's how we know Johnny. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, what was I going to say? And uh, so that's sort of how it started. Um, we, um, you know, like we had Jay Moore's, which you guys know is our first guest. And we just kind of, it's been growing, you know, here and there. And when we do a live stream, it's usually like on Wednesday nights from like 9 to 10.30 or so. But we also stream, like the best place to watch us is YouTube, but we also stream it out to like Facebook and, um, you know, um, uh, let me see where, LinkedIn, a couple other places. Good Twitch. Lord. I know, but it, but the thing is, is you connect it all, so you only do one stream, and then you know the computer does the rest for you. But um, and um, what was I gonna say? Um, uh, 
lost my train of thought. Uh, so, so we put the show out there. And oh, the, the, what I was going to say is you have a live chat too. Once we started getting a oh, nice. handful of viewers, there's a chat going live while we're talking to people. So we can highlight, you know, people if they have a question or something, we can put it on the screen and answer it, you know, things like that. So it's kind of fun to um, have a live audience watch you while you talk to somebody. I know it's weird. So we went from zero viewers to like, we have a steady, I don't know, it goes anywhere from like, you know, 20 to 30 people watching us when we're live. And then, and then the, after we close down the live stream, the video will go on to YouTube and then um, it's there, you know, for anybody that wants to sure. watch it after the fact, you know, that and then I've also gone to aspect. What's that? that whole live voyeuristic aspect yeah exactly and then i've gone like a whole other um level and started cutting up the the live streams to um into smaller chunks so that people can like if i want like if we talk about like a like we have if say we have a section where it's um you know um we talk about like crowdfunding or something and it's a really good discussion i'll 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 go in there and I'll cut, I'll edit that little bit out and then I'll put it on the YouTube channel as a separate video, you know? So you don't have to sit there and watch the entire, um, you know, live stream. If you don't want to, you can just tune in for that, you know? So, um, so we're trying to like do a couple of things. And then the, the reason I started it is so we could, you know, promote comics, promote mine and Johnny's comics. And we, we had commercials at the beginning and end for our stuff. And, you know, so it's a constant like um, promote fest too, on top of everything, you know? So it's fun though. It's really fun to, uh, I don't know, stretch a different part of your creativity, I guess, like by doing interviews and well, good you for guys you. Know. You guys yeah. know, right? I mean, more oh, yeah. fun than a barrel of elephant. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a what? <laughs> what you say? More fun than a barrel of elephant. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, how many, how long have you been doing this? Oh shit! This is episode what five hundred and thirty. Wow. Wow. It's, it's been over twenty years I've been doing this garbage. <laughs> twenty years. That's crazy. Between podcast and radio. Yep. That's fine. That's not. I know that's, that's nuts, not, huh? It is. It really is. Um, I was gonna say, um, but I mean, you guys have a good reputation, you know. I've known you guys for years. Um, is it just primarily you and Cameron now doing it? Well, it's uh, in the front. There's still a whole lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Gotcha. Your Cameron's on Brian. You're still working behind the scenes, and so okay. is so is Drew, and then. You know, a lot of other people doing things that need to get done. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's a front end, there's the behind the scenes stuff going on. Okay. But yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> Cam, Cam and I still read about fifty or sixty books a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was, I was no going to say, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gunning for like uh, seventy this year. Oh wow. Yeah. And do you Between guys? Read, uh, is it stuff that's sent to you to for the show or is it Yeah, like... for the most part. Oh, cool. 
the uh, the uh, anything over 52 is usually stuff that I'm reading out of pleasure, which is why I can I can at least count on 52 books a year because it's like one one book for every podcast. Although there wasn't a book for tonight, so that's going to slow me down a bit. But yeah, it's I mean it's like one book a week, and then whenever I get a little extra time in there between books, I'm reading for my own pleasure. So yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, because we didn't have a book this week, I'm able to catch up on next week's book. Start next week's early. Nice. I wish I had more time to read, like, full novels. Like, it's only been comics for me, unfortunately. (laughs) Again? I'm retired! I know. (laughs) (laughs) This retirement sounds amazing. Holy shit, you You have no idea. (laughs) You know, Keith, I think I need to slap him for both of us. (laughs) Okay, he bite me man i worked long enough <laughs> so so keith speaking of working hard enough yeah. and long enough let's talk about plastic city for a little bit because that's coming up in what shit like two weeks three yeah, weeks like two three weeks and we'll be there holy I, crap Why did that right? sneak up when nobody was looking um i know and um you guys are gonna be there right uh, well oh, yeah. we're invited so yeah awesome awesome um yeah it's uh you know it's a little more um and we got you know like um coming back from the pandemic so we were we almost had a date for last year um yeah so we i know waiting. that that one just kind of went huh, yeah you know. basically um we uh was gonna say we um you know we set a date and we were getting closer and closer and the, the state was still locked down. So we're, we got into, I think about May it was. And, um, you know, the state was still locked down and I was like, oh, I don't know if we should do the show. It's, you know, people were tr- getting a little, um, a little um, restless, but we weren't sure if it was the right time to do a show yet. So we uh, we were like, oh, let's wait, and um, and then we're like, we got to May, and we were just like, uh, we're gonna cancel it because you know the state was still locked down and everything. And as soon as we canceled it, I think like within three weeks, uh, the state lifted all the mandates, and I was like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> just it just really, it was just like annoying, you know. Um, but I think it ended up being better. Because I don't think people were quite ready that first year um, to come out and go to a convention. But I've been to a bunch of shows already this year. And the attendance has been amazing on every one of them. So I think it was the right time to just wait. And now um, and now, uh, people are ready for a show again, you know? Um so what I was saying is that we, uh, you know how big the show is. So we've we've uh, we've gone back in, we've checked out everybody on our guest list, made sure that they're coming. Um, so we don't want um, any empty tables this year. So uh, we have every table filled, which is awesome. Holy uh, crap! Because yeah. you got a lot of people coming. Well, I'm glad I did that because I went back and I you know i started contacting people and about 30 of them were like oh i didn't even know you were doing the show and then wow. like, and then it was like a half of them were like 
well i can't do the show because i you know i i can't i don't have that date free so i was like oh god thank god i started checking with these people you know so i ended up doing a lot of refunds but then also immediately turning around and selling the table to somebody else so it ended up working out pretty good um uh what was i gonna say um uh we we had we had two years ago we were gonna have roy thomas there as our big guest of honor right i remember um, that but i had to kind of walk away from that because after canceling for two years i i just didn't want to get into i knew if i brought him in i wasn't sure if i was going to be able to get that money back because he is expensive to say the least <laughs> to uh bring into a show you know um, yeah yeah he he's it's it's he's a little pricey so i uh i kind of ended up walking away from it but then we started getting like a bunch of solid like really small creators um like uh do you guys know will murray he's gonna be coming to the show this yes. year um he's done a, he's probably been on your show right he's done a lot no he of, hasn't uh, been but oh, we want to get him on yeah he should he, i does i guess he's done a lot of pulp uh pulp novels and stuff i know in comics his claim to fame is um squirrel girl squirrel girl yeah. but he also did some of the and this is what i didn't know until i started looking him up is he also do you are you familiar with the destroyer novel series the rima williams oh yeah i am yes. yeah 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 so he did uh, do you remember for a short time marvel had um uh, some magazine sized comics of the Destroyer novels. They only did Vaguely. about 10, maybe, I think. They're great. Mm -hmm. They're black and white, um, you know, like 60 pages or so, however thick a magazine is. And um, he wrote most of those. And I was like, oh, wow. oh cool. Yeah. So I was like, because I'm a big Remo Williams fan. So I, I was like, oh, yeah. So was cool. I in the day. Yeah, so just the fact that he wrote most of those, I'm like, I'm already in, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, so, um, so that was a cool find, you know, that we got him, and uh, we ended up getting uh, Paul Pelletier, who is a, you know, a pretty big uh, name and pretty big artist in comics, who's done, you know, everything, every DC character and probably a few Marvel ones that you can think of, you know um and he's coming to the show um who else do we got you got joe st pierre coming joe st pierre is a as a favorite that's returning we got oh we got a couple of the, the teenage mutant ninja turtles guys we got um jim lawson coming and uh mike dooney which i've never met um they're coming down from mirage studios sean wang will be there again um uh, I got a friend of mine who is an author, who um, local author, who is also a screenwriter that's coming to the show, um, and he's uh, he's one of those uh, novelists that's uh, he's on the cusp of uh, becoming bigger. You know, he just got a literary agent, and he's um, you know writing some screenplays for some pretty decent like a movie he's got a movie coming out this year and then uh he's working on something else so it was cool that he's going to do the show his name's uh matt serafini um and i just have a lot of small 
like uh, Joel Schmalky. Uh, oh yeah. Jay May, you know Chris Gugliotti, yeah, guys like that. Oh, and then my publisher Pete Sametti's coming down. He, he's not doing any other conventions um, except for mine. And then he's we're he's bringing in a bunch of Alterna creators. So we're gonna have like a huge Alterna area. Uh, there's guys flying in from California and Utah just to do this show, which is crazy to me. Um, so yeah, so it, it, we got a solid little um, you know lot, little event going on. So I um, plus plus don't that? forget, Keith. It, this is what I've always loved about your your conventions is you have your professional wrestler there as well. <laughs> yes yes um and you know what's funny is the 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 wrestler um so there is a local um local wrestling company around here in this area called lucky pro wrestling and um they've been getting a table at my show since like the second year oh and, that's right i remember that yeah yeah and i i told them you know it's like you know um, if you guys want to bring in a wrestler, I, I could help out with that. So they're bringing in, um, I'm told this guy's a, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll know him. His name is Justin, Justin Credible. Um, he, I guess he's of WWE. course it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're bringing him in for like a four hour signing period during the day. So that should be interesting. Um, and, uh, the good thing is when they, those guys bring in a wrestler, it doesn't cost me too much, um, you know, to help out. So that that's always key, you know, like to try and find guests that are, that will do the show that, you know, won't break the bank, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, overall though, I, I am, I am really happy how this year turned out. Um, the one thing we have we've gone up a little bit in price for admission and that's you know just like this the way of the world everything else going up but i don't i still don't think it's a bad thing we're we're only at ten dollars so we went Wait up a minute. From, this you, you're at ten dollars kids under 12 are free yep there's free parking yep and we've we've been five dollars for like three or four years oh my um, god and so like <laughs> so we went up to 10 and we we but we kept everything else the same and um i don't know i don't think it's a bad thing like we were at a show um this last weekend um the keen comic-con um up in keen and they you know it was like a a, a one of those uh hotel kind of conventions where it's just yep. like one room and they probably had um if i'm being generous maybe 30 vendors and they were packed with people and it, you know, they were charging $10 to get in. And I was like, Oh, wow. If, you know, if these guys got 30 vendors, we got over 150. So it's like, you know, um, charging 10 shouldn't be a big deal for people, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully people, you know, don't mind that. And I don't think they will. The buzz has been, pretty pretty good lately on the show like i'm hearing a lot of people are excited that we're coming back you know so i uh i can't wait i'm like i'm really excited you know <laughs> to just be back at the show and, and, and retired <laughs> you know and, and we're 
excited that uh, we're going to be there yeah, with you yeah, to, to yeah. join the party. And uh, yeah, can't frankly, wait I can't wait, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to just be back again, you know. It's just it's been too long. Oh, it has. Yeah. It has. And uh, yeah, we we got to we got to do stuff like this. And definitely uh, people need like that recreation and that outlet, you know. One day cons are where it's at and they're important. And yes, it's important, you know. People need to understand that. Uh, uh, you know. People cannot do two and three day cons and spend $150 just to get into the event. Yes. That's the problem with all these bigger shows. Um, and it's still a problem, you know, like none of them have, like um, we did um, Wicked Comic Con um, earlier this yep. year. Yep. Great show. It was a one day show. Um, I don't know what they were charging to get in, um, but they we we did great. People were excited to have the old Boston, old school Boston Comic Con type show again. Right. And um, and I already heard through the grapevine that next year it's going to two days, and it's like, okay, so they're already ruining this. So in about three years, this show is not going to be worth doing anymore. Oh boy. Because, you know what I mean? Because it's like they're just gonna make every mistake every other show does you know and just go big too fast and and price the vendors out of everything and you know the customers too you know well for everybody's sake i hope not because <clears throat> it's the one thing you're not doing and uh, yeah I, I've, I've fought that urge too because i've had pressure from people to be like you know you got, you really should go two days. And it's the other reason I've been pressured to go two days is because of the, um, you know, like the, the guest situation, because you get a lot of guests that um, don't want to fly in for a one day show. Um, so I have that problem. So a lot, a lot of my guests tend to be local people that are drive in, you know, that kind of thing. Um, there are plenty of cool local guests, my friend. There is, you're yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I, that's why I've kind of held off the urge from doing the two-day show because it's like you know you try to look at it, it's like the um, it's not broke, don't fix it kind of formula, you know. And, and so like, far, what have we learned? So far, it ain't broke. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, why would I do that, you know? And I even thought about doing like more shows, but then I'm like, after these last few months, I'm like, what are you crazy? <laughs> you know, one show a year is a lot plenty. of work. What's that? Yeah. One show a year is plenty. Yeah. <clears throat> then do, I think so. Go do a bunch of other ones. You know, go yeah, to a bunch a of other ones. And, and I can like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Do a, a bunch of them as a vendor and then that's it, you know. That's all I need. Hey. To do. You know, he writes his own comic book, The Mighty Mascots. He has his own podcast. He has the Plastic City Comic Con. <clears throat> but the most important thing is, he's our friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we like him a lot. And he's welcome back here <clears throat> in a little time. 
His name is Keith Gleason. Keith, thank you, my friend. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you, guys. Always great to be here with you guys. Whether oh, we thanks, talk, buddy. Uh, whether we talk uh, promotional stuff or whether we talk TV, I'm always, you know. Yeah, you're the talking. best, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you guys, like I said uh, earlier too, you guys should come on, uh, come on ours at some point. We'll have to work something out here. Yeah, definitely. We'll figure out something, but until then, <laughs> yeah, we'll have breakfast together sometime real soon. Okay. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is made possible with the support of Granite Con and Double Midnight Comics, Plastic City Comic Con, the Upper Valley Comic Expo, Dreamforge Anvil and Dreamforge Magazine, and Comic Art House. If you're looking for a great gift idea, may we suggest Sci-Fi Saturday Night's anthology My Peculiar Family, available on Amazon. The audiobook is also available on Audible. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. Check out all of his amazing work at robwattsonline.com. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Their discography is available on Bandcamp. Thank you so much, Jojo. This is Dome saying shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. So unless it's daytime, Good night, everyone. I oh, don't you hate people like me? I know I do.